everyone, and welcome to SBO Perspectives. I'm your host, John Brucato, and today we have something a little bit different for you. Um, I actually had the privilege of being a guest speaker on the Frontline Education Field Trip podcast. There I spoke with Kyle, the podcast host, about what I do at Briarcliff, kind of my use of certain frontline products that I use to leverage my data analytics and how it really helped me get the job here at the district I'm at now. So, you know, Jack and I have been very busy the past couple of weeks with our board of director responsibilities, so we apologize for not getting this episode out a little bit sooner on our regularly scheduled Thursdays, but we were excited to kind of shake it up a little bit and kind of branch out and show everybody how it's not just us talking about education in the podcast world, but many other companies, many other hosts as well. So I'm excited to kind of share this interview with you with Frontline. Uh, so enjoy, and we'll see you next week. This is John Bracado. I'm the Assistant Superintendent for Finance and Operations at the Briarcliff Manor Union Free School District. We're located in southern New York and Westchester County. With stints at two different districts in the Buffalo area prior to joining Briarcliff, John has had a meteoric rise in the school business world, something he wasn't expecting fresh out of college. I got all my degrees and everything in technology, thinking that I'd be at like Google or Apple by now. I'll save you all the the details, but fell into kind of the, the school realm and really got into school finance and really has become a passion of mine. So there's a lot of things I'm involved with, one of which being the ASBO board of directors. I'm on a couple other local boards here. And I I have the SBO Perspectives podcast where we really try to focus in on all things school finance, whether it be conversations with fellow business officials or legislators or superintendents. So it's been an exciting journey. I've been in the profession about six years now, um, and it just seems to get better every, every year. What does it take to be a successful school business official? How does one make a long lasting positive impact, not just on the district, but on the community at large? I think the biggest mistake that people make when crafting a long-range financial plan is overcomplicating it. The lens that I take when building a long-range financial plan is who, who really is going to be reading this and who do I intend to consume this information? From Frontline Education, this is Field Trip. School business officials, or SBOs, have a crucial role to play in modern school districts. But there's not what you would call a college-to-SBO pipeline. I don't know many people that went to school as a kid and thought they were going to grow up and be a school business official. I, I think I can count on one hand the, the people that really kind of set out to do that, one of which is not me. Like I said, I, I thought I was going to be in technology for the entirety of my career. I've always been into computers and networking and infrastructure and things like that. So I used to work at Yahoo uh, when I first got out of college, and I started at the uh, Sweet Home School District about a year and a half after that, and really kind of fell in love with public education and 
realizing that I'm able to kind of contribute and give back to to the district, you know, prior to that, my only experience in public education was being a student. So I didn't really know too much. And what I didn't really know anything about is the fact that school districts do have business departments and assistant superintendents or, or school business officials that run that department. So I became friends with the school business official at the time and really got to know a lot more about the profession. And, you know, although the title does suggest finance in my experience, it's really only about 20% numbers. Everything else is personnel management, operations, logistics, capital projects. I mean, you name it. All of the operational departments in a district, transportation, food service, facilities, and the like, can be under a chief financial officer's locus of control. It may sound like, again, like it's just finance, but there's just so much more to it. And that's really what captures my interest. Now, don't get me wrong. I do like the financial aspect of it. And, you know, that that does capture my interest, too. But there's just so much more to it that, you know, starting out, I wasn't even aware. There's everything else in between that really captures my interest and really um, allows me to kind of be more creative and, and kind of do things that I, I never thought were possible thinking that the, the job was just business. There could be one day where a boiler's not working. There could be another day where a kindergartner is, is presumed lost on a run. I mean, I've seen everything and, you know, you need to be able to remain calm, cool, and collected and respond to these crises in a very straightforward manner and try to put your emotion aside a little bit and just do what's best. When it comes to crises, few could compare to the COVID-19 pandemic. Saying it caused a major upheaval would maybe be the understatement of the century. It affected the way schools operated entirely, and SBOs were not spared. The job at a very macro level, I feel, is very cyclical, because when you just factor in the budget, you know, you have certain due dates and deadlines and things like that. But I mean, COVID is the ultimate wrench when it comes to really trying to plan and and to project what's going to happen. For my personal experience, I I had been in a district for about five years by the time COVID had hit. So I was very well settled in that district. I felt very integrated into the, the community there. I I knew the politics like the back of my hand. It was just something because you have that experience year after year, you kind of know what to anticipate. So I ended up starting to work on kind of an entry plan for the 2021 school year and really try to look at how we can best get PPE in our staff and students' hands and making sure that learning loss is mitigated as much as possible. But I ended up transitioning to Briarcliff in August of 2020. Moving across the state for a new job is daunting enough. Adding in a pandemic only sowed more chaos. John leaned on his data analytics practice as a source of stability and guidance. So I've been a huge fan and a huge proponent of the um, the Fivecast analytics software. And that was something that I used to prepare for my interview at Briarcliff Manor. And even before interview preparation, I used that and the five site tool, the comparative analytics tool in Frontline to kind of open my eyes and let me make the decision, do I even want to apply at this district? So I was able to dive in and look at their finances, look at their financial history and all these things that we have to consider as business officials to say, is this a challenge that I want to take on? Fast forwarding to the actual interview process, part of that was to do like a financial health analysis of the district. So I was able to leverage those tools to really put a polished presentation together and to articulate what I thought the challenges were going to be for the 2021 school year. The presentation won him the job at Briarcliff. A few months after starting at the district, Briarcliff's superintendent let John know that he was the only candidate who used that level of data to articulate his vision for the district. 
I was able to really just kind of hit the ground running because I knew where the, the, the pain points were. I knew what we were up against as a district. So I wasn't spending my first couple of months trying to figure out where we were. I knew that already. I just needed to figure out how can we best allocate our resources to get to the next level um, throughout this pandemic. It was an incredibly challenging learning curve coming into a brand new district under the pandemic. But I will say that having that experience, not only under the pandemic, but in this district specifically, I think has made me a much more qualified and capable business official because it challenged me to think in in new and different ways. Data is essential to John and his team. From the annual budget to emergency pandemic measures, it offers them a sense of clarity in how to best serve the district. It also helps them think in terms of a long-range financial plan, what the next five years look like for the district financially. We're showing not only internally, but to our board and to our community, just how critical we know the finances are in this community and how we're you know, effectively and responsibly spending every single dollar. And we're really trying to articulate that message as transparently as possible. I use long range financial plans multiple times throughout the year. It's not just something that I build, it looks nice and I put it on the shelf and go back to it the following year. It really is a tool in our toolkit that we use throughout the year to really demonstrate and keep track of where our finances are, are, are going to be. It does take time to really kind of build on what you've your foundations and it's you know once you kind of get the bulk of it out of the way you can start adding new features to it and it's just something that over the past six years i've really have loved doing and it's just becoming a better and better product every year what i'm really proud of that we introduced this year is that we developed a new model based on our teacher contracts and what the incentives are for retirement to project out for five years alongside our total plan where we think those retirements are going to be. So we're, again, taking some modest projections and building those into our long-range financial plan. When I first started at Kenton, my long-range financial plan that I inherited was uh, one tab of a spreadsheet with a bunch of numbers and the other tab with just kind of words and some cells. And it was like, if I'm having a hard time understanding this as a school business official, I can only imagine what your typical community member is going to see when they open this. They're, they're going to look at it and say, I don't even know what I'm looking at. And how is this a plan if you can't even articulate it? I think the biggest mistake that people make when crafting a long-range financial plan is overcomplicating it. The lens that I take is who, who really is going to be reading this and who do I intend to consume this information? So for me, it's going to be the Board of Education and the community. The board and the community want to know how is our programming being affected, what are the taxes going to be like, and athletics and everything else that the community is focused on, how is that impacted long term? John also incorporates visuals with guidance that allows those with less financial experience to understand their meaning. If you're putting too much detail in there, too much in the weeds and using financial jargon, you're going to lose somebody right away. I'm not saying dumb everything down, but make it publicly consumable in a way that it piques somebody's interest. Because my plan at this point is, I don't know, 21 pages or so. But a lot of that is explanations in the sidebar of, of data that's being outlined in the main body of the page. So there's context. I think the context is really important. I think making it more of a narrative is really important rather than just you know dumping a bunch of data into a document. Keeping the community on the same page will be essential in a post-pandemic world as SBOs face the challenge of defining the new normal.
Are we going to get back to what normal was in 2018 and 2019, or are we going to have this new hybrid normal, which I'm guessing is going to be more so the case? Um, and then how does that really play into the um, into the field of being a school business official when it comes to capital project planning and negotiations with collective bargaining agreements? The cost right now of materials and labor is just through the roof. And what we could normally get done under typical years prior to the pandemic is not even achievable now just because of labor and material costs. So, I mean, these things just kind of spiral out of control. So I, th- I think being able to deliver the same or better product with less resources is really going to be that kind of recurring challenge in the next couple of years. In spite of the uncertainties ahead, John says that staying positive is an important aspect of the job. It's something that I can say that I've done in my entire career, even in the the darkest of moments and, you know, the most uncertainty. I think that optimism really helps carry you through and get you to the other side, because, you know, as I said, we we have a great network of school business officials that are willing to support each other. But um, knowing as an individual, you're going to be able to get through it is really, really important. And I think the past two years have really taught us that because, you know, there were moments throughout the pandemic. I'm like, is this ever going to end? Are we ever going to get back to normal and feel human again? And it, there were times it did not. But, um, you know, sitting here, I'm glad that I stayed optimistic and was able to push through. That sense of optimism, combined with the solid long range financial plan, has had a major positive impact on Briarcliff. I'm really proud of the budget that we've put together for next year. Um, It's something that I didn't think we'd be able to achieve just given um, the situation over the past two years. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're able to add um, some much needed staffing, uh, new programming, new staffing in our facilities department um, to really kind of round out who we are as a district. And we're able to accomplish all of that Uh, with minimal impact to the taxpayers. And it's something that we strive to do every year, but is typically not achievable. But, you know, we were able to be incredibly strategic with our budgeting over the past couple of years to bring us to this point. I would say that our community is really appreciative of that. And I can say, without a doubt, internally, we are very appreciative of our community and their support. Field Trip is a podcast from Frontline Education, the leading provider of school administrative software, including robust analytics tools powered by Forecast 5. For more information about how Frontline solutions can help schools with human capital management, business operations, student management, and more, visit frontlineeducation.com slash fieldtrippodcast.